Good day, ladies and gentlemen of the diplomatic community. I am Wormwizard, an official correspondent for the Olive Branch Telegram. This is the first episode regarding the Diplomacy Tournament Finals. We will be discussing how diplomacy works for people new to the game, just from a broad sense mostly focused on the nations, as well as the context of the tournament up until this point. Before we begin, I'd like to say thank you to everyone that watched the trailer and provided some valuable feedback. I also wish to thank Alco for promoting this podcast on the Discord for the tournament and for his kind words. I look forward to seeing how this show will go as the game marches on. Let's go ahead and jump into spring 1901 in Europe. It is spring. 1901, a fresh plate for Europe. There are many new faces ready to make the mark on the world. Let's go ahead and break down each nation that is involved in this inevitable conflict. We will go from the west to the east. Starting on the west is His Royal Majesty's Great Britain. It's a powerful nation surrounded by a nice buffer of sea, so it is easy to defend but need allies in order to conquer. The French Republic has two powerful neighbors on her doorstep, as well as Italy with easy access in the south. It is important for her to keep her friends close, but enemies closer. After that is Kaiser's Germany. The Fatherland is right in the center of Europe and can make enemies almost too easy early in the game. It is best to focus on one front and hope the others don't take advantage. To the south is Italy. A difficult nation to begin the game with, but some smart moves can easily set the kingdom up in the Mediterranean. Right next to Germany, we have Austria-Hungary. An empire that is right in the middle of all the action, he has easy access to the Balkans, but might become collateral for someone's ambitious claims. To the far east, we have the Russian Empire. The Tsar's nation is of large size with plenty to cover, but he may rise to great strengths or fall in utter shame near the beginning. Last on our list is Turkey. Even though it should be labeled as the Ottoman Empire, it is a dying empire at this time in history. He may be able to change his fate, but he has to watch out for his big brother in the north and people touching the Balkans. With the nation settled, let's go over the objective of the game. In Diplomacy, there are seven nations each consisting of one player. As a nation, your goal is to use your armies and fleets to conquer Europe to take supply centers with any means necessary. For example, there are supply centers in territories like London, Paris, Berlin, Vienna, Constantinople, and many more. Each nation starts off with three supply centers, except for Russia, which starts off with four. For each supply center, a nation has at the end of the year for the winter seasons equal the amount of units they can have on the board. As a nation, you want more supply centers, because the more supply centers you have, the more units you can have on the board. And when you lose territory with a supply center, 
you lose units. There are two types of units in this game, Army and Navy. All units are treated equally. No nation's army or navy is superior to another nation's army or navy. When it comes to attacking and defending, there are no dice rolls. All that matters is the way you set up the orders and how many units are putting pressure on a territory. I will not go into detail about the combat, but let's say I am Austria facing off against Russia. I move my army into Warsaw, a territory Russia has. If they have a unit there, we are in equal strength, so I would bounce out, or otherwise my army would stay where currently stationed. But let's say I had two army units, one moving into Warsaw with the other supporting it. Then my army would move to Warsaw, and Russia's army unit would have to retreat. I beat him in numbers. I will not go into detail with the orders, so I will link in the description a tutorial that will explain more if you'd like to know more. Another important role is that all nations move at the exact same time, as in they write up their orders ahead of time, usually within a time frame, and all orders are issued at the exact same time. Therefore, you do not know what the other player's moves will be until you all issue them at the same time. Now, where the game gets interesting is not in the combat, but in the back room or the negotiation table. As a nation, you want to make deals with other nations early on in a game so that plans can go how you want to. You can create alliances, treaties, demilitarized zones, or anything really. But here's the catch. No one is under any obligation to hold their deal to the bargain. Yes, you heard me. Going back to the example I had earlier where I was Austria trying to take Warsaw from Russia. What if I only had one army unit available? Well, let's say I contacted Russia telling him or her that Germany may attack in the future. That may convince Russia to move their army from Warsaw to the west, therefore leaving the space open. Because we move at the same time, I can order my army to move to Warsaw uncontested because Russia is moving their army away from that territory. Do you see the potential for how dirty this can get? Alliances established early in the 1900s or at the beginning of the game can be broken later on like in 1913 or even later just by one simple calculated betrayal. It's these moments in this game that I love. So now that I have given a general context to how diplomacy works, I will explain the tournament. The tournament has been going on since June. It has been established in a Discord channel called Diplomacy Tournament Hub. Link will be in the description if you want to join the Discord. And from there, about 35 players entered the tournament. There were five games established, and the winner of each game would advance to the final. The game had a limit to end at the end of 1912. Once the players advanced from their games, the next round was the final. The final has seven players, so there were two ties and two other games. The finals officially began today as of recording this, and the first moves will be revealed tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. In the finals, we have the following players. Vakorakev, myself, 
Europe, Raymond E. Cajel, Monsieur Jack, Super Wordy, and Babo Natel. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Please let me know and I will correct it uh, for future episodes. Their nations have not been revealed as of the time of this recording, but I'm willing to bet within the year they will be. That is all we have to say for this telegram. If you like what I'm doing here, please follow on your favorite podcast network and give us a rating if available. It would mean a lot. Also, this podcast is being hosted on Anchor, a free-to-use platform to create and develop podcasts. They make it so easy to host your podcast for free, as well as see statistics and even distribute the podcast. That is how I'm on so many different platforms, like Google Podcasts, uh, soon-to-be Apple Podcasts, and even Spotify. I am not being sponsored by them anyway. I just wanted to give a shout-out as someone with experience in paying for hosting and not having all these features provided. As a viewer, you can use the Anchor app too. There is this really cool feature that allows you to send my podcast voicemails like you were calling me. For the next episode, I'd like to hear your thoughts on who you think will win the finals. Just download the app, find my profile, and leave a voicemail answering that question. The next episode will be at the end of the spring season, either that night or the following day. Now that we explained how this game works and how the podcast will go, I will be full into character as an official correspondent from the Olive Branch Telegram. I will keep everybody updated in the Discord channel. As for now, I am Worm Wizard, and this is the Olive Branch Telegram, signing off. (laughs) 